welcome to episode 17 of the Warriors Cry. I'm James Edwards, your host. So, I just wanted to start this podcast, this episode, just by saying, you know, hey, I appreciate you guys for taking time out of your day to listen. And I've been trying to be more devoted to putting out more episodes so that you have uh, a little bit more to listen to uh, down the road. And, um, you know, so I I wanted to say, you know, um, when I kind of retooled the podcast a couple of weeks ago, or actually last month, with the first episode, um, I'm Selfish, uh, quite hilariously that has had the most listens of all my podcasts um in the last two years and um you know my friend actually just uh uh voxed me and said that it's probably because people uh enjoy transparency so this episode i'm going to be just that i'm going to be transparent again um so before i begin talking about what i wanted to talk about i wanted to begin um just by saying thank you, and I hope that you join us on facebook.com forward slash the Warriors Cry. Um, once again, that's facebook.com forward slash the Warriors Cry. You can like and share any thoughts that are posted there. You can post your own thoughts there. Um, as the community uh, grows, we'll have a Facebook group uh, or something along those lines where we can just kind of have a conversation uh, with each other around the gospel and around all of these different things that we've been talking about these last few weeks. So I just want to tell you guys, I am completely enamored by the gospel. I'm so completely enamored by um, what I had no idea the gospel was. So, you know, my entire life, I've been told the gospel was one thing. And quite frankly, it wasn't what I thought it was. You know, we've told ourselves over the years and over, you know, millennia now that uh, that essentially the gospel is a set of rules and a set of laws around, um, you know, Jesus and him crucified. And as I started digging in, I saw, you know, there are many theologians in our past, reformers and uh, even the Catholic Church, who uh, would essentially stone and not necessarily just stone, but they would um, boil heretics alive and they would set them on fire at the stake or they would behead them. And it was considered merciful to behead them. Um, because they taught something that was contrary to what the leaders thought was the correct dogmatic theology of the day. So today, we have the freedom in the United States to kind of explore um, theology and explore our questions and thoughts around uh, our faith. And um, that's kind of the journey that I'm on, to be honest. Um, I've been really taken aback these last few weeks as I've studied the gospel. And I've studied in a different way than I normally would study in the past. A lot of the times, um, I've just been going to, to Abba, you know, Daddy. I've just been going to him and asking him these questions like a child would. Um, I haven't been spending a whole lot of time necessarily in Scripture, um, simply because of the fact that... Uh, 
I've turned that kind of into a religion in and of itself. There was a while that I was going out on my porch every morning and doing a devotional and reading my Bible and reading uh, my utmost force highest. And, and I got a lot out of that. But I got to the point where if I forgot it, I would feel like garbage the rest of the day. And, and I would start like condemning myself. And then I would have those days that I'd forget to do it or I just didn't do it for lack of time or uh, at that particular moment, lack of desire or whatever may have happened. And uh, then I'd find myself just going into uh, certain kinds of sin or whatever. And I would blame the fact that I didn't spend that time with God that morning um, as a means to show that, you know, if we don't spend time with God, that we're more susceptible to sin and sin's impulses. But then I got turned on to the book Mystical Union by John Crowder. And I will tell you that book has completely wrecked me and thoroughly um, shocked me um, and, and made me kind of uneasy about the thoughts and the teachings and the things that I've learned over my life, you know, um, certain kinds of theological perspective that that we've all taken for granted that may be true, but may also not be true at the same time. And so at this point in my juncture, in this point in my life, I'm trying my hardest to just focus on Him, Christ, and Him crucified. And I, I'm, I go back to the words of Paul when Paul said, you know, I come to you not with eloquent words or eloquent thoughts. I come to you with just the gospel of Christ and Him crucified. Now, how is it good news that Jesus was crucified and uh, resurrected? How is it good news that um, a man was completely and utterly tortured on our behalf and, and beaten on our behalf? How is that good news? Well, it's good news because we needed it. We needed a scapegoat, essentially, um, to put our cares on. And so God rent the heavens and came down in flesh, you know, because the, the Trinity can't be separated. The Trinity is um, all together, all the same, all the time. Now, um, they are three distinct personages, and uh, they are face-to-face, -face, koinonia, uh, with each other. And um, the fullness of the Godhead rests in Jesus. So God himself came upon this earth and died to himself so that we could be free from the law, which pointed out sin. And so I've discovered that I don't have to sin. I've discovered that I don't have to sin. And I've talked about this this last episode with the episode Sin is a Cul-de-Sac, uh, which was taken directly from the mirror translation of uh, 1 Corinthians, or no, Romans 6, which has been my favorite go-to passage this last few weeks. So, in Romans 6, we discover that we are dead to sin and that we no longer live to sin, but yet we were co-crucified with Christ. And if we were co-crucified with Christ and we no longer live as Christ no longer lives to sin, but we were co-resurrected with Christ to live anew in the glory of Christ, in Christ Jesus, and we're seated at the right hand of the Father in Christ Jesus. And then I came to another passage uh, this morning where uh, I was listening to a, uh, a young lady who happens to be a worship leader at uh, Hillsong Church, I think, in Australia. 
And she made a comment that we need to uh, soften our hearts to come into the presence of God. And immediately, um, Abba came, and, 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 and I heard, all of a sudden, why do you need to soften your heart? Your heart is already soft. Your heart is already new. I've already placed a new heart within you. For those who believe, we already have that new heart. And we don't necessarily need to renew it every day, but we definitely need to spend time with Daddy, you know? We need to spend time in His presence and seek His face and have a Christological perspective in everything that we do, you know? Um, I've kind of started, like, uh, looking into, you know, uh, abstract ministers of the gospel, you know, people like John Crowder and John Scotland and uh, a few other uh, others out there that are, you know, considered fringe by the mainstream, people that would probably be burned by the sta- burned at the stake by people like um, Calvin and John Knox and all of these reformers of the past, you know. Um, so I've started listening to them, and I'm understanding more about the gospel than I've ner- known before. And so uh, when I went to Psalm 51... Uh, 10 this morning, and I'm going to read that for you real quick. Uh, Psalm 51.10, and it says in Psalm 51.10 in the New American Standard Translation, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence, and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation, and sustain me with a willing spirit. Then I will teach transgressors your way, and sinners will be converted to you. Deliver me from my blood guiltiness, O God, the God of my salvation. Then my tongue joyfully will sing of your righteousness. The scripture here basically talks about um, David. And David was begging God to create in him a clean heart, and begging him not to remove his Holy Spirit from him. But... When Jesus left, he actually said that he sends a comforter to us that will never leave us and never forsake us. He sends a comforter, the Holy Spirit, who indwells in us um, and reveals the true nature as sons of the living God inside of us. And um, we have that new heart. And that's the thing. We have the new heart. So, yes, we do have to take uh, a moment uh, of our time, a moment of our day to contemplate on these things. As David wrote many times in Psalm, the word Selah, which means to to pause and uh, cont- uh, contemplate on these things. But we don't Selah enough in our lives. Instead, we work um, out our salvation, so to speak. We work to try to approve ourselves in salvation when we're not really supposed to do that. Instead, what we're supposed to do is to uh, live out our salvation daily and seek His face daily. And by seeking His face, we're supposed to find opportunities to be generous. We're supposed to find opportunities to love each other. We're supposed to find opportunities to show people the kindness of God, the kindness of God that He showed us, that He found us blameless because He was kind and loving to us. And I was brought to Ezekiel, um, verse 36, uh, or chapter 36, um, starting at verse 24, and it says, 
For I will take you from the nations and gather you from all the lands and bring you into your own lands. Then I will sprinkle clean water on you and you will be clean. And I will cleanse you from all your filthiness and all your idols. Moreover, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. And I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. I will, let me back up here. And I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes. And you will be careful to observe my ordinances. Now, the interesting thing here is this is Old Testament. This is Ezekiel. And Ezekiel is uh, one of the major prophets. And he basically says that God told him that he will do this stuff. And in Jesus, he did do this stuff. This is a revelation that he did already do this stuff. Ezekiel is foretelling of it. He's pointing at it. And the scripture shows that he did it. And we're pointing back to Christ in our lives because we have that new heart. We have that new heart and that new understanding. So the problem is that I've experienced heroes of late is that our theology is all messed up because our theology is based upon man's thoughts about God. But yet who can know the mind of Christ? Well, we are the mind of Christ. Because we are seated together in the heavenly places at the right hand of the Father in Christ Jesus. We are the mind of Christ. We don't know the full mind of God. No, certainly not. But we are the beloved. We are sons of the living God. And and we are supposed to reveal that to each other. We are the likeness of God, right? In Genesis, you know, he said we create that, that let us create men in our image and our likeness. Um, Let us create them. And essentially, we are created in his likeness, but because of Adam's fall, we forgot. And sin reprogrammed us, essentially. And because of that, we've fallen into a bad nature. But when Jesus came, he freed us from that bad nature to reveal to us the life as sons of the living God. But yet, because of the theology of man, we're still being taught that we're broken, that we're fallen, and that we're, um, that we're disgusting to God, that we're still enemies to God, and we're not, right? We're supposed to reveal to each other that we're no longer enemies to God, that we are loved by God, that we are cherished by God, and we are pursued by God. Every instance, every matter, every day, God is pursuing us. Now, some of my Calvinist friends will say, oh, well, he's only pursuing a set amount of people. Well, I disagree with that. I disagree that God will set aside some and set aside others, some for destruction and some for not, because I believe, honestly, and Scripture backs me up on this, that God desires all men to come to a knowledge of him, to come to a knowledge of their sonship, You know, we all found ourselves eating slop in our master's uh, fields, right? We've all been there. We've all found that the master of this earth had nothing but destruction planned out for us, and yet we were eating the pods and the slop and all of that kind of stuff. But like the prodigal son, we realize that we'd have it better at our father's house. And so 
The prodigal son went home, and as he was walking down the road, his father saw him a distance off and ran and tackled him and kissed him all the way to the ground and put his finest robe on his dirty son. His dirty son. That's who we are. We're dirty sons who came home, and he put his cleanest robe on us. We've made his cleanest robe filthy, but he didn't care. He still put it on us, and he put the ring of the authority of Christ on our finger. So we have the authority of Christ, and we have the Holy Spirit that is sealed within us. So this is the gospel. The gospel is that he loves you. And this podcast is devoted to unity and the body of Christ. And I've come to the realization that there is no way to try and get the churches to truly work together. There's, there's not really a way in the flesh to get the churches to truly work together because the churches were born out of a divisionary, heretical idea that some men knew more than others. But as Paul revealed in 1 Corinthians, knowledge puffs up, but love builds up. Let us love each other. Let us pursue each other out of love. And I'm going to tell you a story. Last week... Um, I was visiting my mom, and uh, I don't know if many of you know, but my mom is very, very, very sick. And unfortunately, she may uh, be going home to be with Daddy soon. And uh, I spent last week with her, and uh, my first night down there, um, my nephew and niece were playing soccer across town, and I was sitting there with my stepdad, and we were just having a conversation, and then I, I decided to go ahead and head on over there just so I could see my nephew and niece. And Of course, I showed up a little late, um, but I still saw my oldest nephew and niece and talked to them for a few minutes and then headed back. Uh, and I stopped off by this little uh, new grocery store that opened up near my hometown, um, or in my hometown. It's called Lidl's. I don't know if you've ever heard of it, but um, anyway, pretty cool place. As I'm walking out, this lady... Um, I think her name was Rebecca or Dolores. I can't really remember her name. But she came up to me and she immediately, it was this uh, this this woman in a, a red hoodie. Um, and she came up to me and she said, excuse me, sir, excuse me, sir. Are you a Christian? And for some reason in my mind, I said, uh, or, or not in my mind, but I said it out loud. I said, yes, I do. <laughs> I don't know why I said, yes, I do. But I said, yes, I do. And uh, she just said, you do. And I said, yes, yes, I mean, I am a believer in Christ. And she said, oh. And then she gave me this story about how she was homeless and she needed a place to stay. And um, she had a, a hotel room, but she had to pay for her night, uh, which was $40 or something like that. I think it was $40. And um, she said she needed a ride to the hotel. Now, immediately, um, my, my fleshly mind, you know, the mind that, uh, that I focus on sometimes when I act out of, of flesh, even though that flesh is dead and sometimes it peeks up its ugly little face, my fleshly mind began to speak and say, oh, she's just going to take the money and run and go get drugs and all this kind of stuff. But then I heard the Spirit of God say, it doesn't matter to you what she does with that money. Give her the money. So I gave her $40. Then she basically asked me for a ride. And, um, of course, I didn't feel comfortable with that. Um, 
you know, it's, it's uh, still something that God's working on me in my life, but I didn't feel comfortable with that. But um, I ordered her an Uber and um, I sat there and waited until the Uber was on his way. And, and I called the Uber driver and I thanked him for his time, told him that he was there to pick up, um, pick up this, this lady, Dolores or Rebecca. Like I said, I can't remember her name. And um, anyway, I paid for the Uber and uh, she had a ride over to the hotel and I basically t- told the driver that if he needed anything to let me know, you know, afterwards. And, uh, of course, he never messaged me back or called me back or anything like that. But I left him a really good tip. And the idea behind this is that, you know, we are supposed to show love to anybody we encounter. And this was an opportunity to show love to this woman. Um, this woman who many other so-called Christians turned their shoulder to and walked away. And so many people turned from her and left her there. And I was convicted because part of me wanted to do the same. But at the same time, I was convicted to do it, and I just did it. Now, I don't know where she's at. I don't know how she's doing. I don't know what she did with the money. I do know that she got taken over to the hotel because that's where I told the Uber to take her. Um, But I don't know where she's at. And the fact of the matter is, is it's not my business. You know, Um, God wanted me to be obedient. And so I was. Now, if she did something else with that money, unfortunately, um, that's on her. It's not on me because I did what I was supposed to do, you know? And so this is just me being transparent. This is kind of the battle that I've had in my life and my thought processes. And this year has been a year of generosity for me, and I've given a lot of stuff away. I've given a lot of money to different things and people. And and um, and it also happens to be the worst year of my life in terms of income. And... Uh, I'm having a very difficult time with my my uh, amount of money that I've been earning from my job, you know. Um, it's been a very big struggle this year. And uh, part of me doubts the fact that my generosity is doing anything because I've not seen anything returned on it. And then I'm convicted because that's not the point of giving and that's not the point of being generous, right? It's not the point. Um. The point is that we're showing the love of God to people, that we're showing the joy and the kindness of our Father in heaven who showed his joy and his kindness over us when he sent his Son. So today, I just want to tell you, forget the idea that you are a sinner just go ahead and scrap that idea. If you are a believer and you're listening to this podcast, I believe God gave you ears to hear and you're hearing what I'm saying. Forget that you are a sinner because you are not a sinner. Sin and Jesus cannot dwell in the same abode. The Holy Spirit cannot abide sin. You cannot be a servant of two masters. You cannot serve sin and both serve God at the same time. So kill the sin in your life. 
because the sin's already dead. What we've experienced is just shadows of that. It's just shadows pointing back to that sin nature that was destroyed on the cross. We are dead to sin, brothers and sisters. We're dead to it. So if we're dead to it, why do we still serve it? And I will tell you these last few weeks, I have been so free. I have been so free because I've not contemplated or thought about this. I've just metanoia and believed and leaned on my father and leaned on my daddy. It's such a, a beautiful thing. All the hurt and all of the pain that that sin has caused me over the years has melted away. And now it, it seems like I have a, 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 my mind is all of a sudden being expanded with, with love and kindness and, and joy even more so. Do I still have issues? Of course I have issues. You know, I mean, I still get upset when people cut me off or drive too slowly in front of me when we're in a 55 mile an hour zone and they're driving 25. Of course, um, it's hard to get over those kind of things. But I have to keep reminding myself that those two are shadows or reflections of my old nature, my old self, the self that has been destroyed when I was co-crucified with Christ. So this is it, guys. I mean, honestly, I love you guys. I love you guys so much. I have so many friends out there who uh, have messaged me over the last um, couple of weeks since I've begun this new path, and they've revealed to me that they're having some of the same issues that I'm having um, with not necessarily just the church, but with fellow believers, right? We struggle um, with our brothers and sisters because we have to, we feel like we have to put a mask on in front of them. You know, I, I know that at church, um, when I'm at church, I look like a different person because I, I put on a mask to fit in. And that's been an issue that I've always had in my life is because I could blame the fact that my dad wasn't in my life and that he rejected me at a young age and disappeared. I could, I could say that, you know, there's been a lot of rejection in my life, and as a result, I feel like I have to struggle to fit in, and I do feel like that. I do struggle with that, brothers and sisters. I, I struggle with being loved and, and receiving gifts from people. I, I struggle with uh, people genuinely caring about me, and when they say they do, like part of my mind says they don't, you know? Um, I, I struggle with this. And this is, like I said, me being transparent. So many of my brothers and so many of my sisters have messaged me and they've said that they too have issues of this same sort in the church. I had a friend the other day that just messaged me and said he, was, he basically uh, asked me. He said he had a friend that messaged him and said that he has better friendships with unbelievers than he does believers. And... Uh, you know, I agree with that. I agree that with unbelievers, it, it, we don't have this false expectation set up um, that we need to perform or be perfectly Christian around them. 
because if we are, we, we are judged by our brothers and sisters, or at least we feel that way. And maybe that's not the case, but that's how we feel. And I know I'm not the only one that feels that way. I know that when I'm in a group of Christian friends, you know, I, I know that, that they're probably thinking the same way that if they said something that I would judge them or whatever. And, uh, that's the thing that we need to get over. We need to get over that and we need to have the relationships because we were programmed for these relationships. We were programmed to have a relationship with our father. And because we were created in the image and likeness, that means we were supposed to have a relationship with each other. We were supposed to have a relationship with each other. So this podcast is going to be a short episode, honestly. This was just kind of a thought that I had that I wanted to share with you guys this morning. Um, and I just want to tell you guys I love you. If you have any ideas or thoughts or anything that you want to tell me or share with me, you can email me directly at thewarriorscry at gmail.com. Once again, that email is thewarriorscry at gmail.com. I want to hear your thoughts. I want to hear your concerns, your heart. Um, if you want to like the Facebook page, that's facebook.com forward slash the warriors cry, uh, facebook.com forward slash the warriors cry. You can like the Facebook page. You can message me there. Um, in fact, I'll probably get the message a lot quicker than I would get an email. Um, so I encourage you guys to let me know where you're at in your faith journey. Let me know where you're at. I would love to share with you this good news. And I, I, I feel obligated to, to let everyone know this, this good news. And it's funny because every time I run into somebody, it's like, I want to tell them, but at the same time, I'm afraid they won't accept it because it's foolishness to the intelligent. It's, it's scandalous to those who are religious the idea that the gospel is so much easier than we've made it. Because it is. Jesus loves you. He loves you so much that he gave up everything to get you. I'm reminded, and I've talked about this in previous episodes, that um, you are the treasure that's in the field that a man found, and when he found it, he buried it quickly and went and sold everything he had to buy the field, not for the field, but for the treasure that he had buried in the field. Contemplate on that for a moment. Think about that for a moment. You are the treasure that Jesus gave everything for. With that said, I love you guys. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of The Warrior's Cry, episode 17. Um, you can support the podcast by going to patreon.com forward slash The Warrior's Cry. If it doesn't work, please message me because um, I'm sometimes I'm lazy. And uh, actually, I've been really lazy when it comes to my show notes. I told you guys a couple episodes ago that I was going to be better at doing show notes, and I haven't been better at it. Um, pray for my mom. Pray for my family. Um, I'd really appreciate and covet those prayers. 
I love you guys so much, and thanks for listening. May God bless you and keep you, and may he let his face shine upon you. And may that peace, that peace overwhelm you. And that kindness overwhelm you. May the peace and the kindness of God overwhelm you. May it overwhelm you so much that you can rise up and smile and know you are loved by God.